Welcome to the Push Dose Medic Podcast, where we focus on core concepts for the beginner paramedic. I'm your host, Jaron Gerald. Happy December, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Push Dose Medic Podcast. This week, we're going to do a short episode on a topic I think may be hard for some folks. Definitely a topic that's not harped on in medic school, and something that I think is really important to understand. So today's topic is going to be the RAS cycle or the RAS system, and that stands for renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system. This is something that you may have heard in class, but your instructor probably told you it's not going to be on the test, so don't worry about it. Now, what I think is really cool about this system is just the way our body works to regulate our blood and our volume and our blood pressure through just simple systems we don't think about every day. Now, obviously, in severe hemorrhage, as in our trauma patients, this system's not going to be able to keep up. But from day-to-day activity and mild hypovolemia, this system does a great job in monitoring our blood pressure within volume within the body. So there's multiple parts of this system, but if you break it down to which enzyme or protein goes where, it's pretty simple. And it's pretty simple and important in our profession, considering most of our population is taking some sort of of medication that blocks a pathway in the system that regulates blood pressure. So after this episode, I hope you can grasp the concept of how our body internally regulates blood pressure and blood volume. So like I said, RAS stands for renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, and the way this is activated is actually in those steps with a couple precursors in between. So the first step in the system is activating renin. It's the kickstarter. It's the most important enzyme we have because without it we can't activate any other part of the cycle. So renin, as it implies, is a protein produced by the kidneys. It's especially found in the juxtaglomerular cells which are surrounding the afferent arterioles. And afferent as in arterioles coming into the kidney. Activation of these JG cells releases renin to start the cycle. And if you're a little lost on some of these terms, I definitely recommend googling a nephron and kind of the in and out of kidney function, uh, just to kind of refresh yourself, because we're going to be talking about a few different things that if you're not familiar with a nephron, you may not understand. So if you want to, go ahead and pause this, look over a nephron, print one out, draw one, and follow along. So we talked about these JG cells, and they release our renin, and they're stimulated in a couple of different ways. First, our JG cells, kind of a tongue twister there, can be activated to release renin simply through low perfusion noted in the afferent arterioles. Next, our JG cells have a neighbor that live a little close by them in the distal convoluted tubule, and these cells are called the macula densa cells. These cells keep a close eye on the concentration of sodium in our distal tubule. If these cells detect low sodium at this point, in reabsorption, it's associated with hypoperfusion to the kidneys. So our macula densa cells then stimulate the JG cells to release that renin. And our last stimulant of the JG cells is our sympathetic nervous system. As we know, our sympathetic nervous system is associated with the release of catecholamines. These catecholamines simulate beta-1 receptors that are within the JG cells, stimulating the release of renin. These cells are also located in the heart, which causes our inotropic and chronotropic effects. In all, this increases our blood pressure. So let's review those real quick. 
Number one, if we have a drop in BP, we have a direct release of renin. Those afferent arterials realize, hey, we ain't got enough blood. Let's release renin. Let's get it back up. Next, number two, we have a drop in our sodium concentration in the distal tubules. And remember, in distal tubules is your last point of reabsorption. So if there's not enough sodium in there, we know we need more fluid. And we'll get to the whole water following salt thing. And lastly, our sympathetic response. We know that that sympathetic response is related to the catecholamines that will increase our pressure. That was our first step, R in the RAS system. We have our running. It's flowing through our bloodstream, and it's got to meet up with something to get to this next step. And that's angiotensinogen. It's a long word. It's close to angiotensin, but it's angiotensinogen. Now, this is located in the liver, or produced in the liver, kind of floats through our bloodstream, and it's inactive. doesn't really have a role until it meets renin. Now, once it meets renin, it converts into angiotensin 1. There's really nothing special about angiotensin 1 other than we needed it to get to the next step. So these are the kind of side steps we have to take to get to our final product, which is angiotensin 2. So renin meets up with angiotensinogen, that converts into angiotensin 1. Now once angiotensin 1 is produced, this hormone travels through our body until it meets ACE, or angiotensin-converting enzyme. And you can only guess what it does. It converts the enzyme. So this enzyme is mostly found within the vascular of the lungs, but there are some studies that show that ACE is in other parts of the body. But primarily, it's going to be within our lung endothelium. Now, once ACE, or angiotensin-converting enzyme, has come in contact with angiotensin 1, it becomes angiotensin 2, which is our main product in the RAS cycle. Angiotensin 2 is now an active hormone, is enabled to take on this huge workload that we have. We have finally got to angiotensin 2, and it's got a few roles in our body, but its main focus is going to be within the kidneys. First, angiotensin 2 quickly acts on our smooth muscle, and that's specifically in our arterial vascular which gives us some more accurate feedback on blood pressure. This all in turn increases our SVR, which as you know, increases our blood pressure. So this is a very fast act. Once it converts, it says, let's go. Let's increase our SVR vasoconstrict. The next job angiotensin 2 has is within the kidneys. And angiotensin 2 communicates with the kidneys to reabsorb in our tubules. This happens as angiotensin 2 vasoconstricts in our efferent arterioles, so the arterial's leaving the kidney. And this creates increase in our GFR, which causes an increase in reabsor- reabsorption and filtration. So it's kind of like a backflow. If we squeeze off our efferent arterioles and blood cannot get out as fast, it backflows into the GFR, which is increases that filtration. Angiotensin 2 also interacts with our adrenal glands to excrete aldosterone. Now, aldosterone works to increase reabsorption, sodium, and water in the distal convoluted tubules. Mainly, it reabsorbs sodium. But as we know, water follows sodium. So, with the increase in sodium reabsorption, we also have water that increases our volume, which increases our blood pressure. Now, we have to be cautious in this process because this also increases the secretion of potassium by opening up our sodium-potassium channels. And finally, angiotensin II communicates with our hypothalamus, specifically our posterior pituitary gland, to release ADH. And what does ADH stand for? Antidiuretic hormone. This doesn't allow you to excrete urine. doesn't allow you to pee. 
It may also uh, be called vasopressin. And you may hear this in the treatment of diabetes insipidus, which is polyuria, polydipsia. So it's going to hold on to all that water. The ADH hormone is telling us we need more water. So it's telling our body to create these channels within our collecting ducts to allow water to flow back into our bloodstream and vasoconstrict. This in turn, as you know, increases our vascular volume and our arterial blood pressure. That's a lot of stuff that angiotensin 2 does, so let's recap that really quick. First, it causes vasoconstriction to increase our blood pressure, just a direct effect. Next, it has a vasoconstricting effect on the efferent arterioles, which causes a backflow into our GFR, which causes reabsorption for volume. Next, it stimulates aldosterone, which directly increases our sodium reabsorption, which in turn increases our water volume. And lastly, it stimulates ADH, and that increases our water volume, telling us to let's open up the gates, let's get the water flowing back in. And that's it, guys. That's this really long, hard cycle broken down into the simple, easy steps. The name of the cycle actually tells you everything about it. You just have to know the tidbits of information on how we actually reabsorb water and increase blood pressure. So let's recap all this to be clear. We start with a hypoperfusion response from the body. This activates our JG cells within the kidney to release renin. Renin's our kickstarter. Renin flows through our bloodstream and meets angiotensinogen, which is that inactive hormone secreted by the liver, and then makes angiotensin 1. These are two things that really don't matter. They're just those tidbits that are in between the process, but they're very important. This hormone then meets up with ACE, angiotensin-converting enzyme, which is primarily found in that lung vascular. This conforms into angiotensin 2. From there, angiotensin 2 promotes that increase in pressure through volume through a process in our kidneys. In all, the RAS cycle or the RAS system increases pressure and volume through beta-1 effects in reabsorption of water and sodium. It's as simple as that. If you want to put it down in one simple sentence, beta-1 effects and reabsorption of water and salt. That's it. So I hope this helped anyone who was kind of wondering that it's not hard. Just you have to do a little bit of reading. You know, it's something that may not have been on the test, but as you can see on our next episode with antihypertensives, you kind of have to know the system to know how those antihypertensives work. So stay tuned for our next episode on antihypertensives. Hope you guys have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.